Hello, friends. Today's episode of the Oddly Observant Podcast, I have another friend on the show. He is Aldo Gonzalez. What's up, man? How's it going? Going pretty good. How you doing? Doing great, man. Okay, so background for our viewers and our listeners. So, I guess technically I'm the CTO of Tuner Incorporated. Um, currently working on making brass roots. Um, pretty much the things that I'm doing like responsibilities um i am not only managing the product um but also planning for the product and um things like releases and stuff like that and then outside of that um basically any technological need um not to say that like i necessarily have to have like the final say or something like that but like um you're the go-to tech guy. For sure. I mean, yeah. I'm the go-to tech guy, at least for the time being, you know. Yeah. Um, and guys, just to demystify this a little bit, Aldo is a computer developer for the Brassroots app. And really, anything that touches code, Aldo has a say, the actually has the say in, and takes us where we're going to go. And I've learned so much from Aldo throughout this experience. And I know me and Aldo are friends on a personal level, but on a business level, I think we challenge each other every day because we come with very different point of views, but we're both fascinated by each other's work. And I think we're always trying to learn from each other. Definitely. I mean, um, and not only with you, I would say with everyone that's yeah. in the company right now, you know, like uh, Chris or Cameron. For sure. Um, I mean, at least for me, like I believe all y'all are smarter than me in a lot like most areas that I don't know sh- like shit about yeah can I cuss in this yeah oh, yeah you can't we're uh we're, we fall all within iTunes rules and all that so I think that's dope dude I mean it's definitely like freedom of speech is a thing yeah I mean I, I think America was built off of it so it's, it's just important to like and we mess with the technical side I think it's important to never let your freedom of speech be breached and you know in, in a reasonable case you mm. know of course you know yeah, because I mean, why should I? Why should someone else have the right to tell you what you can say and what you can't say? You know, unless you're being employed with them or employed by them, and like you're on their dime at like any given time, like during the day or whatever. Yeah. Um. Then there, then I mean, you know that that makes sense. Yeah, I I think we passionately agree on that, and I know I've the more I got through college, the more I just realized there's layers to freedom and freedom of speech is one of those base layers if if y'all were listening to a previous podcast me and Cameron talked about uh base layer technologies and and I could allude this to here where it's like TCIP was a base layer and everything else was or TCPIP was a base layer and everything else got built on top of it mm-hmm. and I, I see that happening again with the freedom stuff right yeah with freedom and i i mean sorry in my life personally i see that happening again and it's been nice to like because you you know you learn about it when you're in school 
freedom, this is what America is, is freedom. And as you go through different systems that are within America, you start to learn what's true and what's not. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that's always reigned true is that freedom of speech is literally the most important thing, whether that's in person, online, unless, you know, obviously you gave a constraint that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I think that's something we got to stay, stay forceful about. I think that's what makes America, America. Definitely. And I mean, I mean, you, you know, you got to do your part, like, uh, similar to the thing, I forget the saying exactly, but it's like, um, if you see evil happening or something and you don't do anything about it, then you're not necessarily on their side, but you're at least not on the side of the good, I guess. And what, whoever's eyes yeah. is seeing the situation, but, um, it's definitely important. Yeah. It's definitely important. Yeah. I mean, it's important for everyone to kind of like check each other and like being offended for someone else is kind of like why yeah you know like what's what are you getting out of that like take that let's take that energy and make it positive and let's make a change yeah exactly i mean um yeah for sure i mean it, it starts with you it, be the change you want to see in the world yeah but. the individual can influence the local which can influence the community which can influence the state which can influence the nation yeah. which can influence the world yeah and you only you only have to do it once you know or like start it once yeah and I think with the internet nowadays, it makes it easier for that chain of events to happen. And or just more people are allowed to have that chain of events. And I think to get us back on, I guess to get us back on track with uh, the technology side is this, and freedom is that America is a beacon of freedom and has been in the past and the future, hopefully. And the internet is, it's such a global and such an open thing that there's it's almost like there is it was built to be free and i hope in america that we always stay true to that and keep it free and don't get too greedy because we do have some of the best tech companies in the world and i hope that doesn't put us in a make ourselves blind to things that will happen in the future or greedy moments Mm. yeah i mean uh you gotta think like history repeats itself you know and it's definitely important for um the older generations to teach the young in ways that are yeah it's through your lens and your your subjective like standpoint or viewpoint or whatever but trying to be as unbiased as possible and just giving the facts as they are and letting the younger generation make their own mind up but also um teaching them to be aware yeah yes just be more aware of what's going on around you what's what you're doing how you're affecting maybe other people the things that you're using and how you know getting into products and stuff like that there's a whole slew of things from technology to food to anything like that there's just a a number of regulations that have to be in place there's a number of like issues that like have to be addressed things like that yeah and i think it's so on the internet specifically it's so fascinating because there's asymmetric information the people that do know about technology are almost at a bigger advantage on the internet than people that don't more than like any other, if you get the comparison I'm making any other industry has to another industry. Mm-hmm. So these people with, that have these technical skills have asymmetrical information and thus in a way, not that I want to force like virtue on them, but it's, it's important developers and what people that work on the internet and make their living off the internet, what kind of stuff they're putting into the internet. Cause the internet is really just a projection of our limbic system. Mm. in a way our desires our wants are our, our, what we're curious about 
So we really have to put good things into that. Mm-hmm. And I, I would imagine the internet would output something very positive again. Yeah, and I mean, you're definitely... Not to say that, like, everything would for sure be good, because you're definitely going to have the bad, yeah, but it's just always. trying to limit it as much as possible, you know? Mm-hmm. And and then, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, you want to promote the good as much as possible, and I think if you're putting good energy into it, like, having um, good intentions, and you're you're actually being open to, like, new possibilities and new viewpoints of other people wildly different than yourself, then, I mean, you're making something that's going to be hopefully of better use to a majority more of a majority yeah. of people you know and honestly that i think that's one of the thing i want to try to have the podcast be is an open runway for these ideas and these different different ways of thinking to come together and coalesce and have new insights and again i want america to stay with this mindset as well because i think america can be so much better than we are and we can really with the technology, we can really make some positive change happen, but there's always, always, always the other side. In any math equation, any life event, there's always the, the, the negative. And I think your point on awareness is just hyper-accurate. Awareness is the most important thing, and I think as a whole, as a society, we're slowly waking up. We're very slowly waking up. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if you agree with like the idea that humans are kind of like a hive race where now with the internet that's kind of like unlocked another level for us as a race and like like a thing you know in the universe like we're able to share information nearly instantaneously again kind of going back to the freedom of speech thing you know it's it's important to have let everyone have the same sort of uh platform I can get behind the idea that, like, of course, there's celebrities and athletes and things like that, political figures who are obviously more uh, in the limelight or, like, more important. Maybe not more important, but... um, But everyone has a voice. More popular. But everyone should have an equal voice, you know? Um, No one should be blocked or impeded upon based on any number of factors, you know? Whether it's the amount of money you have, the way you look, the way you act, things like that, or the job you have, where you live. Like, those things shouldn't be deciding factors because everyone's situation is wildly different. You're, it's a crapshoot of where you're born in, in the world, you know? So you could be born somewhere really nice, you could be born somewhere equally as bad. Yeah, I've always heard a weird, or actually not weird, a very interesting thing is, let me pose this question, I guess, directly to you, is if you right now could have the choice of repeating your birth and having a different mother... And that could be literally anywhere in the world, you know, you know, World War Two uh, in in uh, Eastern European country or the uh, son of a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Would you even would you redo it? I, w- I would say most people have the same answer. I would hopefully hopefully think everyone would say no. So isn't it fascinating that. Pretty much across everybody that's been polled on that question everybody says no we all love our situation i think it gives us perspective to when we are in hard times it's like okay i wouldn't want to redo that that moment because like your mom is something close to you you know Mm -hmm. and you wouldn't want to even if you had the odds of being way in a quote-unquote better situation 
you wouldn't take those odds because you're happy with what it was. And I think that's just a cool thing about the human mind. Yeah, I agree. It's interesting. Like, I think the reason, at least personally, why people are like are going to say no to that is because of the emotional connections that they have with their memories. Yeah. And the people that they know in their real life, you know, like you said, mom, like, yeah. you know, people have moms, dads, hopefully, and then, like, grandparents, extended family, brothers, sisters, like, you know, you have a, a slew of memories with them all, yeah. you know, whether they, they're good or bad, like, there's still memories that you have with people and it's your life. And so, it's almost having, having a memory is, like, having one memory is almost better than having none at all, and I know that's cliche in situations that's not true, but in general, it, it usually is that people don't want to redo what they did but it because it made them who they are yeah and allowed them to transcend to be where they are and do what they're doing and i think that's a really very cool thing and i think again to kind of close off the subject of freedom and i think america should keep these things in mind and always allow everyone to speak and let's be wary of what technological great things can come but let's also be aware of what technological negative things can come from the united states and let's do what we can to make sure it's going in the positive direction let's get into another thing i know you like a lot or actually we both like overwatch (laughs) all my overwatch fans y'all need to come come listen to the podcast because we'll probably be talking about this a little bit more let's break it down Tell us about the Overwatch League, Aldo, and tell us about who's your favorite team, and tell us what Overwatch is, and tell us why you like playing it. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, It's a lot. Sorry. I don't mean to bombard you. You're good. Uh, Overwatch, for people who don't know, is a video game. Uh, Generally, the main game mode that you would play is a 6v6 style game where you have different uh, types of characters to choose from. I think it's three different types of yeah, there's defense, uh, there's att- it's, attacking, yeah, it's like, and there's support. Tank. Yeah, tank, DPS, and uh, yeah. support. Yeah. And um, recently they've switched to a 2-2-2 format where previously you were able to say, if you wanted to pick six tanks, you could pick six tanks. If you wanted to pick six supports, go right ahead. You know, Um at least for the competitive play that I know of, um, they switched to the two-two-two. Where now it's locking. Um, you have to pick. You have to have two characters from each of the the types. The reason that is significant is because the way that the game is played, um, you can kind of. I wouldn't call it unsportsmanlike, but I wouldn't call <laughs> it like necessarily like you're definitely better than the other team in terms of pure skill. Um, I would say it's more of like a strategy sort of yeah. style of winning. It's a, it's, che- like, it's a chess match, not a, yeah. a checkers match. I think the game is simply just beautiful. Definitely, It's yeah. beautiful. I mean, like, it, it has its own art style and stuff. So, I mean, when you look at it, if you're someone who's into hyper-realistic stuff, you maybe are going to look at it and think, okay, these graphics aren't great. But if you if you understand that, okay, it's its own art style and it's its own, you know, just generally style of game, then you can appreciate like the small details that they put into say just even the guns. Yeah. You know, and you look around the maps and stuff like that. And then even when you think of you have a six v six style thing and you have all these different characters who fall under this higher category of like a character type, granted just because they're under that same thing doesn't necessarily mean that like 
they're all going to be equal in doing the things that they do. Like each person has their own little pizzazz or their own little, you know, like benefit, like pros and cons that they bring to a different match. And yeah. it's, it's a chess match in a lot of ways because, you know, with a chess match, you have a lot of different like uh, pieces. They all do different moves, things like that. So then with the game, all these different characters do different things. And it's it really takes a lot of coordination between the team. And honestly, you could have more times than not, I would think the team that's able to communicate better with each other is going to win the game. So a portion I love about the game is I didn't haven't really felt that feeling online gaming since like Halo or Gears of War, these games that you really had to talk to your teammates mm-hmm. to win the game. And yeah. obviously when you're playing with competitive friends or whatnot, you want to win. So people put whatever beef they have aside and mm-hmm. come together to win whatever you know mess that is being talked over the airwaves. And I think it's really cool. Was But with Overwatch specifically, I think it's so fascinating on the business side how Activision Blizzard set, they knew what they had in this game and they went ahead from the beginning, from the core infrastructure, set it up to where the esports bonanza that is today could be built around it naturally, and the a community could grow over. You know, the game's been out two and a half, three, four years now, something yeah, like that. Three years. But in that time, they've taken this game that's totally different than really any other game, the style, the chess nature of it with mm-hmm. the shooter. But they also made it into a. a a great business and a great entertainment piece where literally any time of day tens of thousands of people are watching Overwatch on Twitch mm-hmm. or on YouTube or other live streams and it's so so fascinating and I know this is just like we're scratching the surface of where games are going mm-hmm. and I guess we should just stay on that as like with VR and some of this AR and the cool stuff that's coming to gaming I think we can get into some Black Mirror situations really really quick you have anything on that that you've thought about? I know you have. <laughs> to kind of touch on the VR stuff really quick, um, I recently watched a YouTube video where uh, I forgot who it was, but they were playing CSGO on VR. Ooh. And, like, it's really cool because you have the two controllers. I, I forgot what platform it was on, but they have the two controllers in their hands, and, um, you know, to reload a gun, you have to make, like, you have to do, like, a reloading animation. You know, if you have, like, a sniper, you not only reload, you also do the... Uh, I don't know what you would call it, but it's where you, like, pull the little pin back, and then it makes, like, a click sound sort of, and then you push it back forward after every time you shoot it. Dang. Can I, uh, do you mind if I interject real quick? Because this is something recent, too. You know, it's so sad with these school shootings, and, you know, video games typically get blamed for this. And first off, I'd like to say that that's probably not the source of this, and, you know, it could be debated, but I don't think video games are the source of that at all, and yeah. people have their opinions on you know, but regardless, I think it, it on that it does get very interesting is like when it gets hyper realistic like this, we do have to think about some of these negative situations that could happen. We've seen that school shootings can happen mm-hmm. and they're terrible for everyone, for the families involved, for the nation, for other nations looking at us, looking like America is supposed to be the model. Mm-hmm. And I, I just start thinking it's like if we get hyper realistic with these video games, I would hate for a negative con- consequence to be something like that because it's already crazy and we can't have any more of that. Mm-hmm. To start, I would say that, like, no... I mean, Like, this is just my viewpoint on it. Like, I think I think to start, like, we gotta, we gotta not think that we have to be, like, the model of, like, the world, you know? Because 
those are really lofty expectations. It's the reason that the presidency is the hardest job in the world because it's you have such such high expectations. That so it's like when you drop any or you fall anywhere short of that, it's you know it's not a positive. It's a negative, right? Really? Moving on from that, it's like we should strive to be that, right? I think that's that's more. Yes, yeah, so, so I don't I don't mean to cut you off, but I want to make just to be clear, it's like that's the point I was going for mm. with that. I think that we, as long as we're striving for that, it's then the intent has to be there because intent can manifest energy. Mm-hmm. And if we get the energy correct, as long as we're shooting for that, good things will come. And yes, bad things may come, but if we have good momentum, those good things can get, or those bad things can get squashed. For sure. And I, that's really my big big take is let's strive for that. I have, We shouldn't be the model because everybody's just a person, right? And yeah. who is another person to say he's a, and I, I actually do hate the idea now that you bring it up of, people looking at celebrities like they're supposed to be role models. Yeah. Like, they're a person. They're a person that went through a struggle at 20, 21, and figured it out, and and now is in front of screens and cameras. They literally don't know what's going on, just like we don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's because role models have played a big, important part in, like, American society, especially with entertainment. Yeah. And I, I'd really like to get away from that. And I, it kind of blowing my mind right now that that point – kind of just circles back into everything as this idea of having to project something that's not to somebody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's important. I mean, in literally everything you do, you know, to have that role model, whether it be at home, at school, at work, you know, in social life with your friends and stuff, like, it's important, you know, because you, yeah, you read books, yeah, you can, you know, do work to learn and stuff like that and get on the internet, but even when you get on the internet or you read a book, where's that coming from? You know, it's not coming from the tree, you know, someone wrote that book. Someone wrote that article post. Someone yeah. is in the class teaching you. You know, you, you learn through other people. So it's important to, like, not put nece- put people on a pedestal, but, you know, take the good for what it is, you know, and try to learn from that. And, yeah. and take the bad for what it is and try to learn from that. You know, you don't necessarily have to experience the good or the bad to learn from it. Yeah. You know? And I think... <laughs> I think the relative good and bad is something unique because what is bad now may be looked upon in two years as good. For sure. And I don't know, to go down to go down that rabbit hole is like what is good or what is bad and who's the judge. And, yeah. and I, when you start asking these questions, you just go down a rabbit hole. So I, I didn't think living the experience is the main part. It's again, like playing the game yeah. is the journey, is the fun. Like that's what yeah. it comes down to. And I think that's like the good and bad when I say that it, I think everyone is judgmental to a certain degree. It's in our nature. It's in our nature. You know, I mean, it, it saved it's, us it's a survival from, tactic. Yeah. It's a survival tactic. You know, so I think I think it's always there. But when you, when saying good or bad, it's like at least personally, I'm I'm meaning like not bad in terms of oh you I don't know. Some people might think bad is like not matching your clothes, you know, or, <laughs> you know, yeah. as, as dumb as that can sound like it's true, you know, like it, it, I and definitely that, feel that's true. Then that can actually in some societies or some group of people can determine where you are in the social hierarchy or what yeah. type of information is displayed to you. And it's that becomes a whole squirrely issue. Yeah, for sure. And I think even uh, like kind of piggybacking on the color thing, it's like gang members and and if you're into the wrong neighborhood with the wrong colors right like people look at you weird and if you're in not a great place like they might even do more than just look at you weird so it's like 
things like that are bad. The fact that we're we can judge people without even knowing them, without hearing what their life has been like, to hear what their thoughts are like, how they're feeling, things like that, and you're judging them on what they're wearing, how they look, you know, who, uh, what their name is, what their last name is, yeah. where they come from, like, things like that shouldn't be the deciding factor. You know, things like that shouldn't be the thing that that decides who gets where. Like, it should. the good is when the people at the top, the quote-unquote top, I guess, in anything is because either they, or not either, but in a combination of they worked hard, they have some sort of talent because they're obviously at the top, right? And some type of privilege or leverage. Some type of privilege. Yeah. Um, but even then with that privilege, it's like... Everybody has different privileges. For sure. And I think, you know, like the saying equal isn't equal, like that's true, you know? Being equitable is equal. Yeah. Because you're putting everyone at the same starting point yeah. at least. I, I'm big on the theme of equality of opportunity exactly and it's in it's in the human nature that there isn't necessarily and actually i think it's impossible to have equality of outcome because we're so diverse as a human species we have 330 million high or 330 million minds in america so that's a lot of different avenues of thought and journeys to go down so. yeah and i mean you got to think that's 330 million people you can learn from it's, so it's it, like, why would you want to, why would you want to... Shut anybody down. Yeah. Um, like, well... And, if they're spreading yeah, true hate, yeah. like, if they're if they're spreading bigotry, or if they're, I guess, promoting bigotry... Or, you gotta draw the line somewhere. You gotta draw the line, yeah. you know, and, and this kind of goes back to the other thing. You gotta check each other. Yeah. Yeah, you have freedom of speech, but you gotta, you gotta... You gotta check that freedom. You gotta check that freedom. Yeah. Because that freedom can go away quick if someone just, look at, look again, looks at you weird, does something more than that, like... Yeah. You know, life is very fragile. Yeah, and it is fragile and you know that's part of the reason why I won't like doing this podcast is that we get to sit here for 45 minutes and talk about things or actually not even 45 minutes in the future it could be two hours mm-hmm. but I hate this idea that 50% of the people get their news or get their information from sources that like for example CNN or Fox News to do be very fair and put it on both sides they're fighting like they'll have a political question or a question that needs to get answered to make our society better they have 12 people moderating and there's four minutes to talk about it mm-hmm. the worst parts of human nature come out when you gotta uh, competition's great but when you're fighting over very important issues and you're competing to say something which then you have to say a headlining bait it's just not healthy for like the pressing forward idea and that's on both sides and I really like the podcasting medium and I think it's gaining traction around the world is because people can be deeper and talk with the internet. We kind of got so used to just using it and the amazing things that came from it that our social skills have gone down and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just the evolution. But I think mediums like podcasting get us really back into what matters. I can sit across from somebody that I may have saw something on their Twitter that I didn't agree with. But if I sit down with them for 50 minutes or an hour and talk about their whole wide array of experiences, I bet you I'm going to have a totally different uh, perspective on that tweet that they sent or maybe Mm -hmm. what type of day they were having or what they really meant Mm -hmm. or their experiences in the past. So it's kind of a mind-blowing thing, but you you have anything on that? Um, I mean, mean, what do you think are some of the things that contribute to that, like the – I feel like the nature of podcasts in general is just conversation, you know? Like, at the core of it, it's just two people, or not two people necessarily, but just any number of people talking to each other. So, like, 
that panel format, it's not great because it's already putting you at odds with everyone else, like naturally. Right. With the way it's set up. Well, it's like and for like, example, I we were you you brought up a great point like a like a segment ago, when it kind of made me rethink about the role models things because like yeah, but then the idea of like a negative role model, like when you meet your heroes, you're usually disappointed. You know, that's like a case of putting somebody up on a pedestal they shouldn't be on because mm-hmm. we're all people. And I think podcasting, like, it allowed me just now to have, like, I don't have any set in stone beliefs about role models, but we were able to talk through two different iterations of that, of an infinite amount of them. And it opened my mind in that two minute thing. And I know, like, we're going to talk about a lot, so we could only stay on that for a couple minutes. But that right there was an example of what podcasting can do. Mm-hmm. And we, we didn't figure anything out, but we talked about it. And it's like, oh, you, that's, that's something interesting or that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And we learned from it. And we're just sitting here having a conversation. I agree. I mean, that's one reason I think that Trump won his presidency is because, you know, when he's going around to these towns and just talking to people in these speeches, if you read the transcript, the transcript, I mean, reading it just sounds unintelligible. Yeah. But when you're you're actually watching it and hit, listening to it, it just sounds like a conversation. Like he's just talking to these people at the end of the day. Yeah. He really is. He's not. He's not really formatting it. He's not structuring it. It's just hey, whatever I'm feeling on the fly. Is usually how people just talk in conversations. It's yeah. like it's not like you're gonna like, like you're planning a conversation with your mom in two weeks time. You know, I've never really made that connection, but it's fascinating you brought that up because I think that may be a th- like a theme that we see recur. We're gonna have a return to like real conversation. Like we got that surge of like that, like say like a sugar rush mm-hmm. of like the internet social platforms that have like. You got that like sugar high, mm-hmm. and now we're coming back down. We're like coming back to the baseline. We're like, okay, this works, this doesn't. And Trump had that asymmetric information. I don't think he knew that. I think it's just natural, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it just happened to work out. But I think this is going to be a reoccurring thing in politics, where like you see somebody like them or not, AOC. She basically went from a waitress to a congresswoman because she utilized social media and a, a platform of getting her voice out. And it's just crazy that that conversational platform allowed her to do that. Mm-hmm. And there's now that politicians and literally every industry has figured this out and is trying to become just more human. And I think that's great in some shapes. And I hope it doesn't get overdone where it becomes like fake. But I think podcasting is the perfect medium to keep that conversation alive and ideas flowing and changing and adapting and evolving. I agree. I definitely agree. And I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it just gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. I mean, it's easier to listen to something when you're driving than watching something, you know? Like, you can only watch stuff at a certain time. You know, you can listen to stuff all the time. You know, it doesn't have to be, like, music or anything. You just listen to people talk. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because I have, you know, obviously watched a lot of podcasts and listened to a lot of podcasts, and that's what got me into wanting to start this podcast. But I never went into a podcast with, like, an agenda where it's like, oh, I'm watching Joe Rogan because... Uh, I want to find out if he believes this or that. You know, it was just like, no, I actually genuinely enjoy this entertainment. It's inter- like it, it is entertainment, mm-hmm. but it's also learning. And I think like a conversation in itself is an entertainment. There's low points. There's high points. There's parts that get shuffled up or where people are disagreeing. Like in this podcast, for example, the at the beginning you have to get into it, but at, once you get into it ideas are flowing left and right we're bouncing off of each other and it's so fun and that's what i think people 
are going to start realizing about podcasting and a lot of people already realize and have taken advantage of is podcasting is fun. And mm-hmm. when you put people in a fun environment, it allows them to proliferate and grow. To kind of go back to what you started to, I mean, it's creating like a safe space. Like it's not necessarily a safe space of, you know, like if you have like a quote unquote safe space that you hear about in the news. Yeah. 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 Like it's not that, like that's, that's something different, you know, but safe space in the sense that like you can freely speak your mind you know it's not here to like necessarily argue it's just a conversation yeah trying to figure out why someone else might have a different viewpoint what makes them have that viewpoint to begin with and seeing if you are at odds where you can reconcile yeah and i know i i bring this up in people that listen for our previous and the cameron podcast is that we we can learn so much from each other even if we disagree on very important things. For example, we could disagree on abortion and the government's role in that process. But we may be able to discover a secret of the universe in mathematics. Mm -hmm. So if we can just get past that one difference of the abortion and government control with that, it's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, okay. Then we can accomplish these amazing other things and learn and change and maybe have end up making a fuller perspective mm-hmm. of what's there and who the person is that has this view. And that's one of the things that really inspires me to keep doing this podcast and really started in the first place. Is I know how curious I am, and I know how curious like you are and my friends are, and I want a place for this curiosity to have a springboard to jump off of mm-hmm. and find other things that can make me curious and make this chain of events fun you know and just keep keep the ball rolling on that and never stop learning i guess but that's part of the fun part of podcasting yeah and i mean if you get big too it's like not even not even also if you get big like really it's just the people you know and i mean the added benefit i guess if you do say get to like a joe rogan status is now you can just interview whoever you want yeah maybe not whoever but like you can definitely reach out and i'm sure that people are going to be like oh yeah what's so cool is like I think, again, going back to this theme of authenticity and people like wanting that human-to-human connection, mm-hmm. it's really fascinating because Joe Rogan blends it artfully where he has his friends on and people, just regular people, that are very insightful. Then the biggest celebrities, a Mike Tyson, a, a Neil deGrasse Tyson, these people that are like real icons mm-hmm. because everybody's just a person. you know, It's just a conversation. Mm-hmm. And once you just tear down that facade... It makes it so much easier. And then we've seen how entertaining it can be. So I want to do that. I want to be able to have conversations with a wide array of people because I know I have a wide array of interests in my life. Mm -hmm. And I know there's things that I don't know I'm even interested in that may change my life. So I want to find those any way possible. And in my opinion, podcasting via the Internet is probably one of the best mediums right now for that. It's like checking into, like, people's streams of consciousness. Yeah. Because, like, tweets are kind of the same way. But it's but, a like, hot take. Yeah. Cause like, you're tra- the tweet. You're, like, talking to- yeah, like, t- the tweet's like a hot take. You know, you're limited. Facebook posts, you're, you're showing something, your facade to someone, not the deep you. Yeah. And, like, with you talking, it's just them hearing your voice, and, like, they can pick out more of those nuances that I guess you would get if you were in person with them. You know, yeah. like, 90% of your communication is nonverbal. You know, it's like if you're typing it, you're barely getting anything out. <laughs> if you're talking to it, you're getting a lot more out. Granted, if you're in person, you're going to get the most, right? But Yeah. I, it's 
it's getting closer and closer and i mean if you can watch it like people who post them on youtube and stuff like where you can see the people and stuff i think that's even better too because then it's like not only as a listener you can see it you can hear it if they have a live chat you can also interact with it that's something i plan on doing for the future is i'm gonna get this up on youtube as well we're gonna have a great camera recording it so people because i know people learn differently and take in content differently there's I love podcasting and audio hearing because when I'm walking or when I'm driving, it's easy. Mm-hmm. Some people love the video. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to have that in the future. And then you can segment it down so it's like based on the different interests that people have or like people are interested in. If fans start giving me feedback, I can segment it to what they're like wanting to see. If it's like, oh, the tech. The, so all the tech videos can be in one section, category. Mm-hmm. All the culture in like one. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it easy. Podcasting is a great infrastructure to then make more content because once you have the audio, it's very easy because that is the beef of the content. Mm-hmm. And just adding a camera is a piece of cake, you know. Yeah. In retrospect, it's just it's just providing the content in, in any number of ways yeah. that people want to access it, and I think that's really important. Like kind of similar to the ideology of of the thing behind uh like responsive web you know like you're not making a website look exactly perfect the way you want it to for one device and it's going to look bad on everything else right like the idea is i'm going to try to make it look good on literally everything so it doesn't matter what device you're using and how you're watching how you're accessing this content it's going to be accessible to you and whatever means you're accessing it you know and it's that's a lot of work it's a lot of overhead you know and it's it's not easy but you know the people who are willing to put in the work um and to do that overhead i mean it's you're putting in the the legwork you know it's, it's scalable like, yeah it's scalable and it's once you have the overhead done you don't have to do it again and it's kind of also in the thing of like you know, like, uh, you don't become, like, a master or something until, like, 10,000 hours or something like that, you know, and that's part of that. It's not just putting in 10,000 hours. The whole thing behind the 10,000 hours is I'm also, I'm not only, not only putting in the time, but I'm putting in the time in a, I don't want to say the right way, but it's like. A methodical, people, thought out, logical, yeah. uh, bird's eye view way, not a close up, short term gain view. Yeah, I mean, it's not saying this is my view but like comparing like James Harden in basketball where people say he plays the wrong way he's not playing basketball the right way you know and then like someone like Kawhi Leonard who people are going to say oh he plays the game the right way it's kind of like that not to say that like because that's just some idea that someone has that what's right and what's wrong of course because you can look at James Harden and think oh he can play he's playing the game the wrong way he's manipulating the rules but you can also look at it and think He's an innovator. He's an innovator. He's he's still playing within the rules. He's a master at that toe tap dance that he does. <laughs> like somehow it's not traveling. And I mean, the gather stuff is you know a controversial rule, I guess. But like, you know, he's playing within the rules and he's 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 carving a lane out for himself. You know, there's no other player that's quite like James Harden who goes to the line as much as him. The last time I can think is when the NBA sent Dwayne Wade to the line a, a lot. Yeah. You know? It's crazy that you mentioned that because we, me and Stassi talked about this at length in our podcast. I, I think it's so fascinating in basketball. It is a moving art. These mm-hmm. players are so unique. They have 
they see, you know we have 330 million people and, and they all have their own ideas well guess what it's the same in basketball mm-hmm. they all have their different slight differences in playing and as this idea of like giving power to the player has proliferated through the league because the players like LeBron, mm-hmm. people are like these players are feeling more empowered to do stuff that they grew up doing, crazy moves, but that are actually effective. Like the idea of fundamental basketball is always there, mm-hmm. but I love that the art of basketball is coming more in and that the NBA is like letting it happen and making sure it keeps happening because some of the athletes we're getting mad, and especially with the duos now in the league. Is, is so fun to watch. Like, we have a KD, he's seven foot, out here toe-tapping, dancing, big step backs for three swish. Mm-hmm. Crazy. He's seven foot. A seven-footer before Dirk Nowitzki would have never been able to get out on the three-point line. So mm-hmm. I love seeing this, like, let, letting artists create. And basketball players are artists in their own right, and it's awesome to see. Yeah, and to kind of touch on the, I mean, I feel like the way that that came about too is if you go back to what we were saying with equal opportunity, like, you know, like the old the old school method was if you're tall, like you're just going to be banging down low, you're going to be rebounding, you're going to have your back to the basket, stuff like that. You know, if you're a shorter guy, you're going to do obviously like point guard duties, stuff like that. You're not going to be posting up, things like that. The idea of equal opportunity can extend to things like that. How do you teach someone to play basketball? You know, you teach everyone the same exact way. You teach everyone how to dribble, how to shoot, how to pass. You know, then it doesn't matter how tall you end up being. You have those fundamentals to start, and then you can just use those as a, a leaping off point or like a like a, a starting point to to get to that art point because you, you put in all that work to, hey, now my fundamentals are solid. I don't worry. I don't think twice about passing or like how to pass, how to dribble, things like that. That's all second nature now. Now I'm thinking, how can I do this even better with my own twist? Because now at that point, it's all on you. you yeah, know? a great a great coach will set the fundamentals and then let their great players be great. Mm-hmm. At least in my experience, having played and coached and to some extent basketball. And it's just like like anything with any profession, it's it's like finding that balance and that line because you could be you could let the artist be very artistic with absolutely no structure, and maybe they never they never come up to home plate, they never finish what they started, mm-hmm. and that does happen sometimes. So it's like finding that perfect balance of like giving the player the baseline of what they need and then letting them create. And I really would like to see that prolifer- proliferate in every aspect of life, really. Because it's, it's cool, like, for example, kids need a little guidance, but I also think kids are way smarter than we think, mm-hmm. and they can make their own choices to an extent, mm-hmm. and basically the whole world opens up because now they have, they're on a timeline of different opportunities, and that timeline is infinite, you know? But when they make a choice, they, they chose a path. Mm-hmm. They carved their way into the universe. Mm-hmm. They said, I'm going to do this. And I think that spirit is something we need to keep alive in sports and culture, comedy, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully business, and really everything. I agree. I mean, mentorship is very important too. Mentorship in a lot of ways is like a coach for a basketball team. You know, like the coach – I love I love when coaches say like, uh, you know, if they lost, then it's the coach's fault. They didn't put the players in a position to succeed. But if they win, it's not the coach's win. It's the player's win. You know, the players won the game because they played. But you can't blame the players for losing the game if, you know, you blame the coach because he's the one there putting them in the position to succeed, but he's letting them decide, you know, if, if 
they're gonna win the game or something like that right so then like that kind of goes on to work where it's like you don't want to impede upon the progress that someone can make individually within themselves or within a group of people and and when when i say in the group of people it's like the group of people like progressing as a unit mm-hmm. um you know you want to put your 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 uh employees if you're a boss or you know like any sort of team member things like that like you want to put them in a position to succeed yeah you know you want you want people to have that opportunity to be put to be put in the position to succeed because then it's like who knows what people are capable of you know you can have some of the smartest people who never have the opportunity and it's a shame yeah it's like intelligence is widely distributed across the globe and you know we get we get caught up in the headlines and when i oh billionaire from america billionaire from europe but there's intelligence is everywhere in every corner of the globe in every nook and cranny mm-hmm. every country every river every everywhere but how do you make sure that they have that opportunity to show that intelligence and obviously this is not an easy question yeah, and I, it's a question that will like progressively be working to over 200 300 400 years but i can't wait to see you know a day and we'll be long gone but where you know poorest person in the world and the richest person in the world have this base layer of opportunity mm-hmm. and then from there the creative process takes place what do mm-hmm. you how's your mark going to be left on the world what legacy are you going to leave but if we can gift them to that same point where they're on that same equal not equal playing field but oh well, equal playing equal opportunity initially you know that base layer because then after that they're making their choices and you give them the freedom to decide where their path's going to be because we never want to restrict someone's freedom. Uh, I think it's a great idea to strive, again, an idea to strive for, but us being reasonable people, we probably realize that's never going to happen, but yeah. that shouldn't stop us for trying to strive for that. You yeah, know? and I, it, think, I think with that, it's like, you got to, like, education's so important, man. Like, education, you got to educate people to, like, at the start to try to have, not have that bias, you know, and it's hard. It's the hardest thing in the world. You know, people have so many different factors that make you 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 know, and Im- impact your life, whether you realize it or not. Um, but education is so important because, like, you know, kind of going back to it, it's like you want to be aware. You want to teach people to be aware, not only of what is around them, but of themselves, how they feel about themselves, what their place in the world, how they feel about their place in the world, like coming to grips with reality. Reality, You know, like you're not going to get value if you don't put out value. You know, you have to – yeah, you gotta work. You, you gotta, gotta compete. Work. You gotta work, and I mean, competition definitely brings out the best in you. But you want again, you don't want to make it like a toxic competition. You don't yeah. want to make it like you don't want to make it like the Hunger Games. Yeah, you don't want to make it like <laughs> the Hunger Games, but you also don't want to make it where if you lose, you get a, a participation award. Yeah, it's a balance. Know? Like everything, it's a balance. Yeah, and, and it's, it's it's teaching people like, um, you know, like you have the first place, second place, third place trophies. You don't have trophies after that. So like some people aren't getting trophies, but you teach them, hey. Losing can propel you to winning. Losing can propel you to winning. Losing can influence you, or not influence, but uh, motivate you to yeah. be better. It's it's you realizing, oh, I'm not good enough, right? I need to but get it, my I need to get my stuff together, and I need to figure something different out. Yeah, and I mean, you know, some people like being comfortable, and I can't blame them because I mean, it's human nature. You like being comfortable. You don't want to be put in a position where um, of stress or like not knowing something but i think again it's, it's just if you can teach people to have a mindset a general mindset that they can apply to anything that they they come across like 
one thing that I liked that I did with school was not necessarily learning the ability to, you know, build, like, say, an app from the ground up, you know, with everything that that entails. Yeah, that's really cool because you can have an idea and literally just make it. That's really cool. I'm not. I'm not dismissing. Yeah, it's all. It's it's very cool. It's very cool. Like it's 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 like a superpower. You know, you're able to literally think of something in your mind that isn't tangible. You can't see it. You can't hear it. You can't grab it. But you can make it something that you can see, something that you can touch and feel and hear. Yeah, it's cool. Like totally not trying to just like dismiss that aspect of it. But the coolest part of learning how to program is the mindset that you you gain from it like it's learning yeah you're learning logic and like critical thinking skills and stuff like that but you don't have to think of that as it being like robotic or without emotion because at the end of the day your emotion is the thing that drives you you know like you said earlier like your limbic system is the thing that drives everything you know it's it's we're projecting our wants our desires our, our needs things like that out onto the world in any number of ways whether we realize it or not so if you can have a general mindset it's not a plan for a specific situation. It's a plan that, again, like the responsive web, it applies to anything. You can take anything, whether it's learning how to shoot a basketball, how to throw a football, how to do a math problem, like anything like that, and it's just having those critical thinking skills of being able to work through it, not being demotivated because things don't work out. If things don't work out, you you can think back on any number of times that you fixed stuff or figured stuff out and, and think, oh, I can get through this. I'm capable of this. Like, yeah, I don't know where this is going to end. I don't know how this is going to go, but it's worked before. Like, <laughs> I'm still, I'm here. I'm here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm at this point again. It's, it's not it's, like I haven't been here before. It's the hero's journey. And I've been honestly blown away by this mystique, this archetype, this constant reoccurring thing in human history of the hero's journey some of the greatest scholars of you know ancient greece have written about this and i it brings humanity back into like the mind frame and it makes you seem even in like darkest hours too it's like so many people have done gone through this it is human like this is a Mm -hmm. human experience Uh, there's the likely chance that some other human has experienced this Mm -hmm. and it's always kind of comforting because you get back to that we're all individuals and we're all very unique, but we are a hive in a way. We're the human consciousness. Like the internet is our human conscious. Mm-hmm. And when we're, like again, when we're feeding it positive stuff, you hope that it keeps moving forward in the positive direction ever so slowly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing too with that is like, we got to be cautious of like group thing too. Oh yeah. Like, it, it breaks down at the individual. Individual is very effective. Why podcast is effective. The locale is very effective too, mm-hmm. which is why communities are effective. No, I mean, I agree. I yeah. totally agree. Like, everything is, is important in deciding, like, I mean, kind of who you are and, like, the way you react to stuff. So it's, like, just adding the extra caveat of, like, if we are putting good into the world, like, I don't want I don't want the good to come of it, the, the good to come because of groupthink or things like that where it's just, it's like a mob mentality where it's, like, oh, I see good happening. Like, I want to be good. I want people to feel it within themselves or feel to decide for themselves to be good. Yeah, and I think about this all... I know we talk about this actually outside the podcast a lot, is the framing of a question or an idea changes when I ask you one-on-one versus when it's... There's a hundred... Or you have a hundred thousand followers on Twitter and your Twitter Twitter followers are following your every word. Mm -hmm. It changes that freedom of speech in a way. It's like it changes 
what you feel like you can put out into the world. Mm-hmm. And and it, it is a weird line to walk, but it's like a reality that we got to deal with and like yeah. figure just figuring this out slowly because it is a phenomenon today. Yeah, and I mean it's kind of the other side of of that whole like putting people on a pedestal. Like I think you can feel yourself being put on that pedestal. And then now you're watching yourself, what you can say, what you feel like you can say. Like, if you said something, what are the ramifications? You can think, like, oh, that's just making you more aware, which I can get behind as well. But, like, not all of it could be that, too. Like, I'm sure yeah. there's some within you that you feel like, oh, like, I can't say this because it's going to upset people. Yeah. And, you know, even but, though it's truly how I feel about something. Yeah. And I think not to take us one side or the other, but a reason why I think Trump won the previous election was there is this group idea that people had portrayed, like, oh, no, I'm just going to vote for Gary Johnson, right? Mm -hmm. But there was also a lot of secret people that, not secret people, but people that didn't want the public to know that they were voting for Trump because that would hurt their social status or social uh, prestige. Mm -hmm. So they put up a wall in a way, oh, the easy scapegoat is, oh, I'm voting for Gary Johnson. Mm -hmm. And that's typically what a third candidate does. Like, you know, I'm thinking about voting for him. But you don't say what you're actually going to do. And then there's a private set of preferences they have, which could have been, you know, in this case, Trump. Mm. And I think that phenomenon is what we keep seeing reoccur is that people have a public or, you know, a group think. And then they have the the individual. And I, I always go towards, you know, we're out of the rainforest. We survived. Mm. Group think is important still, but it's not as important as it used to be when we had to stick together to make sure we didn't get eaten by whatever was out there. Yeah. So now, really in our brains too, as the prefrontal cortex has grown and become very, uh, we keep going towards logic and reason, it's it's really important to just keep in mind that we're more than just logic and reason. Like we did have this very rich history and this emotion, but we can't let that override our individualistic thoughts because that is the future. That's what we're getting towards. Like the thoughts that are coming out of our head now are what's going to set in stone the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think some people, you know, when they hear like, oh, like we have to keep everything making logical sense, things like that. And while that does, I mean, it, it provides comfort because it's predictable. But The universe is unpredictable. The universe is unpredictable. Emotions are unpredictable. People are unpredictable because of that, you know. And, and It's embedded in the nature. Yeah, you know, nature is, is not predictable. You know, you can have stuff make sense for a while and then something happens and it's like, whoa, where'd that come from? You know, but not to say also, like, if that comes out of nowhere, like, it's not like it's like completely out of nowhere. You know, there's factors that led up to that point, you know, that just went unchecked or unnoticed. Um, Subconscious until they got brought to the conscious. Yeah. And to kind of go back to what you're talking about earlier, where it's like you have that public self and a private self, like there's a Japanese thing or a Japanese uh I guess saying or something where it's like it's like um, you have three selves you have your public self that you show to fit you show to everyone in the public you have your private self like you mentioned where it's like just one-on-one things like that like maybe three people and then you have the self that is when when you're alone that you show literally no one mm-hmm. else like it's literally you when you're with no one else you you don't feel watched you don't feel like no one is watching you, things like that. Yeah, and you know, w- you're free to be yourself. So, although uh, I hate to have to switch topics, but time flies when you're having fun on this podcast. <laughs> I we have talked about uh, very, very interesting things, and I, 
I wish we could touch on it more. But before we get off, what's something that you want people to remember or like one piece of advice that they can stick with them? Because we have touched about some very important and some very deep things Mm -hmm. in this short podcast. But what's one piece of information that you could leave them with that will stick with somebody and help help them? Or not necessarily help, I guess, but just piece of advice. Man, there's so much. Um, the one thing I will leave people with is be aware of this kind of like a, I don't know what to say, but like be aware of everything. And when I say that, it's like be aware of how you feel, be aware of your, what you're thinking, how you're thinking of what you're thinking, you know. Where your influences are coming from. Where your influences are coming from, like to know when you're being biased and when you're not being biased, like be aware of how you're affecting other people. Know when you're speaking from group think versus the private think. Yeah. Know how to, you know, be aware of the things you're doing. Be aware of the things you're putting into your body. Be aware of the, the benefits and the, the cons of doing the things that you're doing or the things you're eating and things like that. You know, like it's awareness is the hardest thing and like, that's really it you know like that's something that i would tell my younger self 10 10 times out of 10 if there was only one thing i could tell myself is like hey be more aware of just literally everything like be more conscious of what you're doing be conscious and be in the moment more you know because it's don't don't be in a situation where you regret the past or regret not doing something or doing something and then or or having a video of a past moment be more enjoyable than the actual moment have the have right now be the best time of your life you know, as well as you can, because I know people feel bad, you know. Like, yeah, we have bad ever, days. We have bad days. We have good days, you know, like, it's just natural. But, you know, you're capable, you know, you're definitely capable more than you realize. You're smarter than you think. Um, people are always willing to help out, whether you think that or not. You know, no matter how many people have put you down in your life or anything like that or the experiences you've had, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel, you know. As yeah. long as you believe that, I think there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Although I really, really think that advice is going to help someone, and I think it would be cool to be able to replay this advice for ourselves when we're having a tough day or, you know, the app is just it's taking a day longer than we think. I think that's what's awesome about this a podcast. Yeah. We can go back and listen to this advice, and it's not only going to help us probably, but it's also going to help one of our friends mm-hmm. or some kid in Australia that's tuned into the podcast. And I think it's so cool. I think we get such in the grudge of the everyday work mm-hmm. that like I forget that these like these reasons why you're one of my best friends and these these th- these reasons why I choose to work with you and spend a lot of time with you and I love that the podcast is able to bring some of these things out mm-hmm. and really get like get my blood pumping again and get me excited yeah. and I can I at least from you know we don't have a camera here but you look like you had a good time. No, I did, man. I appreciate it. I had a really good time. Yeah. And thank you for your compliment. It means a really, it really means a lot. It yeah. Really does. And just know, I, I mean, for everybody listening, I, I always got all those back. He's he's one of the best people I know, and obviously y'all heard, but y'all are gonna hear a lot from him in the future. So stay aware of everything, just like Aldo said. And stay aware of when you hear his name coming up for another episode, because it will be sooner than later. Although, one last thing I want to do before we get out of here, shoot people your socials and uh, what you're working on and the websites, 
everything related to that? Um, so recently I got off of social media um, for personal reasons. Um, again, like the advice I'm giving, like I'm giving it for a reason. That's awesome, like, man. I'm working through it daily. Yeah. Um, if you want to find me on the internet, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, just Aldo Gonzalez. Um, if you know what I look like, you'll find me. If you don't, then just look for the one where it says uh, Tuner Inc., um, Garland, Texas. Um, where else? You can find me on Mixer, uh, iAlphador. You can find me on Twitch. I believe it's the real Aldo. Um, sometimes I'll play video games. Xbox? Uh, Xbox, three, uh, Xbox One. I was about to say 360. <laughs> <laughs> And then working on Brass Roots, if you want to check that out and find out more about that, you can go to, I believe it's download Brass Roots. BrassRootsApp.com works or download BrassRootsApp.com. But I would say BrassRootsApp.com BrassRootsApp.com for simplicity. And then also I'll, I'll just add in there is a tunerinc.com slash services. If anybody needs a website We'll look at it for free for you. We're just trying to help people. We have tech skills. We need to get a creative outlet. If you want us to do a logo mm -hmm. or anything like that, we'll take a look at it for free. Just come give it to us. If you need a website done, again, like Peter said, website, logo, anything design or website related, um, even if you need tech consulting of any sort, um, open to that as well. Um, yeah, again, I mean, we're just trying to have a conversation with people. You know, we want to help. Ele we want to help elevate other people to achieve what they want to achieve, you know, without any impedance on our own behalf. Um, for that reason, the clients we've had thus far are very different, to say the least. You know, um, none of them are the same. They're all within different, like, aspects of real life, things like that. So I think stuff like that, literally anything you need, you might need a website, you don't know it. You maybe need an app, you don't know it. Yeah. Come talk to us. Yeah. And with that, I just want to, again, tell all the listeners, uh, you can follow me at Peter Shortino on Twitter, on Snapchat, pretty much everything. And I want to also shoot my oddly observant, since I recently made an oddly observant page for pretty much every social media. So if you just search oddly observant, no spaces, no capital letters, find me on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, if any, there's some Reddit fans out there. And I'm just really excited to really get this content pushed out to the world and have it on social and really get this get this machine rolling because I think I'm really excited or sorry I'm excited to see what this con conversational and a or conversation in a long form can do. Mm. And again, although I I just want to thank you for coming and everybody stay aware. Uh wait, what am I supposed to say? We're out. We're out. <laughs> Peace.